How's it going, everybody? This is Andy McCullough from The Athletic here with Pedro Mora. Also from The Athletic, you are listening to The Scribes of Summer, a show about the Los Angeles Dodgers. Pedro, how's it going, man? Going great, Andy. How are you, man? Uh, you know, little uh, going to be a little lighter in the wallet, it seems like, after my uh, sterling uh, wager on behalf of the Colorado Rockies, uh, who lost three or four to the Dodgers this weekend. Yeah, and very nearly got swept in a major <laughs> bet entirely irrelevant by the following time I recorded the podcast, That's which I was Really, that would have been, you know, beautiful. Yeah, we were debating uh, offline if it's the worst uh, side I've ever taken in our in your and I's long history of gambling, and it might be. I just don't know what you were thinking. I really don't. <laughs> I got enticed by the. It was the price. It was the price. Yeah, would you have still one. done it at five or four? Four, no. I think six. I mean, six is so. Like, I'm a simple man. I can really only think about. You know, like the number one, the number two, the number three, and the number four. And once you get past, like once you get as high up on the number scale as five, it starts to feel pretty daunting. And so it seemed like getting laid six to one, uh, I just, I mean, you just can't pass that up. Yeah, can't pass it up. If it happens one out of seven times, you're making money. Yeah. Do you want to bet on the uh, Rockies making the playoffs now at 10 to one? I think I actually, didn't we bet that whether or not they'd be over or under 500 we did i don't know we that. may have i don't know Lori, you're yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> we might have t- done it like when they were 11 and 3 yeah, yeah yeah actually that did happen no you're totally right yeah huh how about that oh man yeah not a good club not a good no. club you know who is, who a, good is a good club, club? pedro yep. yeah mm-hmm. i'll tell you who uh the san diego padres no the dodgers uh they have took care of business against san diego they uh kind of they won they went on a five-game winning streak that effectively sort of uh you know put the division in the bag not that it mattered but uh it is nice for the dodgers to be able to say at some point later this week that they are now eight consecutive National League West crowns, which honestly, it's that's really impressive. This is the third longest postseason streak in baseball history they're on right now. Wow. Is that true? Is that that so? is true. Yeah, I looked that up today. I looked huh. that up today. Number one. I mean, one. yeah, this is a historically good uh, yeah. franchise right now. Yeah. Who are, the, who are the first two, the Braves? The one is the Braves, who won 14 division titles. And uh, number two is the Yankees, 95 to 2007. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so... Uh, you know, the, the Yankees did it exclusively in the wildcard era. Uh, the Dodgers did it in the second wildcard era, but they also won eight division titles. So it's a historically successful run for the franchise that fans will not remember fondly if they can't finally just win a World Series one of these years. Oh, yeah. Well, there's also the debate, you know, which we will have about... Of course, I'm sure Dodgers fans have already started to think about how their their friends and fellow or uh, supporters of other teams are going to treat this season if they do end up winning, right? Yeah. There's going to be the years-long debate about how legitimate this was. Well, don't you assume that 29 fan bases will say it was illegitimate and one will say it was legitimate? Yeah, that seems like a very unpleasant tact to take if you're the Dodgers fan, you know? Mm-hmm. I th- I'm not, I would not look forward to, to making that argument. You know, but I do think the Dodgers have a better case for this being a legitimate championship than most teams because they mm-hmm. were going to be good anyway. It's not like if the Marlins win this, win this shebang. The Dodgers have tried to say at, at various points along the way that this season isn't wholly legitimate, that, you know, any championship is, is a championship. Of course, you know, that has been, I think, undermined somewhat by, you know, because Clayton Kershaw has made that argument. And then other times he said that, you know, the extra innings aren't, the, the way the extra innings are functioning this season aren't real baseball. And, <laughs> uh, 
So I think that, yeah. you know, those two things in concert don't look exactly equal. And so it's the same thing with the postseason structure and all, sure. and all of that. But that said, the postseason structure really only makes it harder. So I personally won't be making the argument that it's not legitimate if they if they do win. I think legitimacy is just, it's such a vague concept, you know. There's sure, not sure. like a definition of what is legitimate and what's illegitimate. I mean, I think, you know, you could probably find purists who suggest that the fact that there's three divisions is illegitimate. And, you know, like ever since 90... Uh, three essentially you know the sports you know been like producing illegitimate champions so you know what I mean like you can constantly and like and as you know as you know and as listeners to this podcast know I am uh, you know not an interventionist when it comes to uh, you know the baseball rule changes I don't like you know the postseason expansion all that sort of stuff but like you also you know specifically for the teams like you play with what the you know you play with what the rules are you, you do what do things within the context of, you know, what the environment is. So, like, if you're the Dodgers, of course it's legitimate. You played a season and you won the World Series. Like, they gave you a trophy at the end. Like, what, you know, otherwise, you know, it's it's all a false construct. Yes, I'm with you. But, you know, lots of things that are false constructs still take up a lot of time in our collective uh, imagination yeah. and discussion. I wouldn't spend as much time thinking about how the players and the organization would celebrate it. But you do, I mean, I think the people who lose out in this scenario are fans. The fact that fans can't watch the games in person in Los Angeles, the fact that, you know, it'd be very difficult to have a parade, you know, all that sort of stuff. I think that is, you know, the, they're the, you know, the biggest, like, obviously this isn't shocking, but like the biggest losers in the COVID-19 pandemic are the regular people. As a team that you followed ever wanted anything, Andy? Yes, just once. Oh, the Eagles, yeah. Yeah. No, the Kansas no, City. No, I meant I meant like as a fan, boy. Oh, no. No, I mean when I was You're a fan. You're kind of an no. Eagles fan. I mean, I was also a grown man living in Los Angeles, you know, like mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I I I sort of, you know, my the last time I was actually really a, you know, a fan of teams was probably 2005. Um, you know, maybe early into the winter, you know, like January of 06. So no, like the Phillies won the World Series in 2008 when I wasn't really a Phillies fan. I never had really been a Phillies fan. They were always terrible when I grew up. The Eagles won in 2018 when I was really only uh, performatively being a fan on Twitter, you know, as like a bit. Um, like I was happy when they won, but I didn't really have the emotional investment that made it uh, you know, really feel like I'd earned anything, if that makes sense. Yeah. Which I think, you know, like, that's the whole point of, of fandom. I mean, there's, well, there's, I guess there's multiple points, but like one is, you know, it's a diversion from, you know, just the sort of, you know, troubles of real life. It's a, you know, it's escapism, but also, you know, there's, in theory, there's a reward at the end where you get to watch your team lose year after year after year. And then one or two times, you know, every, you know, 20 years, every lifetime, they win the final thing and you're very happy and it's nice. Yes. I can only speak to that. I was 12 when my football team won, but I, you know, at that time I felt very fulfilled. Um, it was yeah. an incredible thing. Yeah, it was, it was, it was gorgeous. So anyway, we'll be back after this. Let's talk about the Dodgers. Yeah, so Dodgers played well against the Rockies, uh, it's safe to say. They dominated. They nearly came back and won on, on Sunday. Tony Gonsolin was uh, very good again. He mm-hmm. is increasingly looking like he's going to be making, I mean, I, 
I don't know how they don't go with him if they're if for the bulk innings in, in the third game, unless the opponent yeah. matchup is, is significantly better for Urias or, or something. Heavy left-handed or something, yeah. People don't really hit him. They don't hit yeah. his stuff. His results in the major leagues thus far have been absolutely wild. I mean, <laughs> what's his ERA? Let me look it up. His ERA through like 90 innings. Let's see here. 80 innings, he's got a 2-3-4 ERA. That's pretty good. Yeah, I would say that's good. For someone who didn't, wasn't even close to making the major league roster on opening day of this year, you know, it was option to the alternate side like a week before it's a it's a wild um yeah. progression that he's he's taken to be here wasn't that sort of like some roster mumbo jumbo they were doing i mean i think you, you probably would have listed him as one of their five best starters right after price opted out no okay. i would not have Mm-mm. okay five best no i mean i, I think it was uh kershaw oh, well, yeah. stripling and stripling wood. yeah uh, wood urius yeah. uh and then next would have been may and then um, Gonsolin was, yeah, he was just, he was late to camp. He was, uh, he wasn't stretched out. No, he, he was absolutely not really in that, um, in that top six conversation. Yeah. So Gonsolin, I guess if, if he lines up as the number three, I guess it just depends on matchups, whether Urias or May will go in four and five, because they're going to, they're going to have to use a five man rotation after the first round, right? Those middle two rounds. And that's fine. Maybe the question in terms of who gets laid out in which spot is how game three of the wildcard series goes, if they have to yeah. get there. Who pitches the bulk of the end? Because what I anticipate happening, and maybe this is just over overdoing it, overthinking it, I think that they're going to go, based on how they've acted in, the, in recent weeks, I think they would mm-hmm. go with an opener and try to keep the other team guessing. And right. so they don't know who is coming out. And you have all three of those guys available. Bruzdar, Kalerik, Gonsolin type thing. Or with Urias ready to roll behind them. Or may, you know, you just have yeah. all three guys available and then whoever's the freshest, you yeah. know, if necessary goes. I just right? want to go on record and say I don't like that. Okay. You would rather trust one of those guys to, to lose your season? I don't think it's that simple. I think you go with whoever you view as the number three starter and you have an incredibly tight leash. Because every time, every time you make a call to the bullpen, right? you are gambling on whether or not that guy has it that day. Yes. And I think the more calls you make, the more chance a guy's not going to have it. Versus, you know, I mean, look, you it, it might, you know, Gonsolin might like, I mean, he doesn't pitch like this, but he might walk the park. He might give up, you know, a bunch of homers. He might not have it. And at that point... That's not really a possibility, though. Well, that's what I'm saying. So why not just ride him? Why not just see if he can get you one time through the order and you know then, what? They, then evaluate? They, they really might. I mean, if, if they're going to do that with a guy, it is probably going to be him. And the way he is pitching, where he has had no awful starts... Yeah, I think that justifies that decision if they choose to go there. Absolutely. I get it. Like, I get the matchups. I get the numbers. I get the percentages, all that stuff. But it just seems too cute by half when you have good players. The thing is, is that even if the plan is to go to Gonsolin, by by bringing out Gratterall to begin, and then Kalerik or whoever, if you can prevent the other team from preparing for one guy, I think there is a, you know, a significant advantage to be gained there. Although we'll never be able to quantify it, right? If the opposing team simply does not know who they're preparing for and has to prepare for three, I can see that being a, a significant advantage. Yes, that they will go from uh, looking for fastballs to looking for fastballs to looking for fastballs. They're going to face a team that's never faced him before, right? In in any case, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm like I, I preface. It I with, get it. You're making a decent case. I just I'm gonna you know I'm going hardo here, and I just think that uh, I just think it's too cute by half. You know, Tony Gonsolin's good. I'd be fine if it was Urias or or, or May, frankly. And, you know, and it's like tight leash, one time through the order, reevaluate. You just want Gonsolin to finally make good on your prediction, that's all. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh um, man, if the Dodgers if the Dodgers get swept in the first round and Gonsolin doesn't pitch for the second year in a row, I'm going to be frustrated, Pedro. I'm going to be least frustrated. He, at least he'll make the roster this time. Yeah, at least he'll make the roster. <laughs> yeah, this by, time. by golly, so I'm going to pick him as my breakout guy. By the way, I'm picking him as my yeah, breakout I mean, I, guy. That's, that seems like you're probably not you going to be the only one who picks him. Yeah, you got to dance with yeah. the girl who brung you. You got to dance yeah. with the goose who brung you, baby. So the other thing is that just to, to quibble really quick with that you need every guy out of your bullpen to have it. When you're facing the Marlins or something like that and the Marlins number three starter – and I mean, what's the what's the minimum number of runs that Dodgers are going to score in that game? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I yes, uh, three, uh, five, right? Like five. It, it's yeah, yeah. So you can you can take one guy. One guy will not have it, and you will still probably win the game. You're really you need you need two or more guys to not have it before you lose. Well, okay, if you're like banking on your offense just scoring seven runs, then just use your starting pitcher. <sighs> yeah. Sure. At this point, it's like, why why not go with Gonsolin, I guess? Other than the fact that he's never pitched in the playoffs. I just think it's too cute by half. I think it's just, I think it's outthinking yourself. Um, when you have good players, I mean, the worst of their five starters, right, is, I mean, probably the least productive this year is probably Julio Urias, who has made 10 starts with a 3-4-9 ERA. That's good. He's a good pitcher, you know? See the, you know, batter for batter, is he elite? No, but he's good. And so like I would rather one of the things that um the Dodgers have, I think that has hurt them in recent years in the postseason is they have sometimes become overly reliant on certain players and have uh, not really trusted the entirety of their roster. They build this 40-man machine and then they get into the postseason and all of a sudden there's only four relievers who can touch the baseball. And I think at some point you just kind of have to trust the guys you have to not blow up rather than, you know, overwork the guys who you trust, if that makes sense. Um, And I think this format actually benefits that. The fact that they won't have off days, the fact that they won't, you know, it wouldn't make sense to use, you know, Urias and relief and, um, you know, three postseason games the way he was last year. You know what I mean? I'm with you. The way they've rotated through their position player crop this season, I I think that they're going to feel comfortable giving people off days and trusting the, the vast majority of their 28-man yeah. rosters. Dave Roberts oh, pointed wow. out something the other day that I think mm-hmm. is pretty interesting, that that, <laughs> that backup catchers are more important this postseason too, which is, you know, everyone's mm-hmm. talked about the, the starting pitching. But, you know, mm-hmm. we're going to see backup catchers starting with regularity in those yeah. DS and, and wow. CS series. That's a great point. I hadn't really thought about that. Yeah, like when there's going to be a day game, like, you know, there, I'm sure yeah. in a seven-game series, there has to be a day game or something like that. And yeah, I yeah. guess all of my mental energy went towards thinking about how pitchers would be used but I forgot position players. Yeah, especially catchers, right? And and older position players. And, like, and yeah. for the Dodgers, Justin Turner. So Turner's probably going to have to DH a game or two. It, yeah. The interesting thing is that, like, you know, Austin Barnes is going to play. Will Smith, who's hitting the, you know, lighting the world on fire, is not going to play or he's going to have to DH he's, some days. Yeah. You kind of worry about DHing him, right? Because then you give up the DH spot. Yeah, but they're, it seems they're going to do that. I mean, you can't really give up a, a 900, you know. What would you project him? The way he's hitting right now, I mean, he's been in 1,000 pace. You can't really yeah, give up that. He's at 1,000. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you'd want him in the lineup every day, I would assume. So the convenient thing is that they basically used Austin Barnes as Clayton Kershaw's personal catcher, and so they can time it so that those are the days that he starts. Let's pause to tell you about Roman. Talking about erectile dysfunction isn't easy. Usually we just brush it off or blame ourselves, saying things like, I lost my mojo. Or we avoid it altogether with excuses like, I had a long day at work, or sorry, honey, I'm just not feeling it. 
With Roman, it is easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. Go to GetRoman.com slash Scribes today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That's GetRoman.com slash Scribes. GetRoman.com slash Scribes. So they have the Oakland Athletics this week. It's uh, theoretical... World Series preview. What are you going to have your eye on during those games this week? Well, I am curious. You know, we've talked a lot about how the Dodgers' advantages are on the depth margins versus mm-hmm. uh, against the other the their, their peers, and I think that this is one of those teams that has built their roster. Kind of, they're like the the Rays, and that they're they have a lot of competent players, right? They don't mm-hmm. necessarily have the stars. They have the depth, not to the extent that the Dodgers do, I don't think. But I'm yeah. curious to see how that plays against these Dodgers because we haven't really seen teams. The Rockies don't count. I mean, there's the Rockies. These middle relievers are just like they're throwing the the, the guys are just they're not big league players right they're the not Rock, throwing the Rockies, the Rockies are not big don't leaguers. count yeah Holy they're smokes. not they're not um they're not using big leaguers basically and the A's yeah. are I think this is an interesting little test you know the pot we we've seen how the Dodgers play against the Padres and we've seen that they play them close yeah there is no circumstance in which I think a, a series against the Padres would be easy for the Dodgers at all I think yeah. it'd be quite difficult I gotta say I spent I spent a week with the A's last year. Right. Mm-hmm. Basically, the whole point of the story was just like, how are the A's good? Because yeah, like looking at their baseball mm-hmm. reference page, right? And mm-hmm. like I came up with some answers. They have a good bullpen. You know, they have three stars in the infield, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like they make even less sense this year. Yeah, because Semyon hasn't been any good, right? And I mean, well, Chapman's out for the year. Chapman had and been he, fine. and he wasn't. No, he wasn't. Yeah, I don't know about he, that, dude. He you see that eight, strikeout to walk? Yes, he's yes, but he also slugs five hundred and plays Gold Glove defense. He's sure. he's a good player. Oh, he's a great player, but he hadn't been very good this year. Comparatively, yeah. Semyon is back to kind of where he was before last year. Olsen is, like, decent, but, you know, probably not. I mean, Olsen's hitting under 200. So, like, the core of the offense was based around Chapman, Olsen, and Semyon, and all three guys are down this year. You know, Loriano is hitting okay. You know, Robbie Grossman's really tailed off. Mark Kana is, like, he's Mark Kana. He's useful, but he's also slugging 370. Um, and their starting pitching has been, you know, banged up and not not really effective outside of Chris Bassett. And yet they have like the, the best record in, in the American League. Yeah, I just think isn't the baseline. I mean, the worst of these players, they're still better than most teams is is guys. I mean, like even Steven Piscotti yes. is a big leaguer. The entire yeah. outfield is is full of actual, you know, two to three win yeah. players. You know, Loriano's still a good player. He's just not he's not at his best this season. I, I just think they are similar to the Dodgers in that the, the baseline for an a, yeah. an Oakland A is higher than most most teams. It's a good point. Uh, the same the same principle applies to the Rays, right? Mm-hmm. Like there are no bad players. We're ne- they're never going to roll out a lineup where there's like two dead spots in it. The Dodgers do that, but they also have Mookie Betts. Right, that's the that's the difference, I guess. Yeah, who are the dead like, spots? What I'm saying is the Dodgers roll out a lineup with oh, no dead yes, spots. Yes, 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 yes. You know, yes. no no dead spots, and they have Mookie Betts. That's the difference between you know, like the Dodgers and the Rays, and the Rays are you know really good. Yeah, and in a short series, you know, or even a I mean, seven game being short in that case, I, I still think the Rays would have a great chance because you know, you, yeah. you, if you neutralize Mookie Betts into being a um, you know right. just a, a generic above average player, which is possible in a short series, then you're you know you're golden. Right. But I, I noticed that that guy, Brandon Lowe, Lau. Lau. 
Since he debuted, he's been one of the best hitters in baseball. So maybe he's their star. He's quite a guy. He is. I mean, I you know, no one knows anything about him because he plays uh, for the Rays. But he's been a very productive player. Sure has. Wait, let me look up this stat real quick. 2019 to 2020, he is... Oh, I, had, I can't find it out. But he was like 11th in baseball since he debuted as a, mm-hmm. as a hitter. Something mm-hmm. like that, so... How about that? He's a good player. He's a good player. They have a they have a bunch. The Rays are the Rays are kind of scary. I don't think anyone wants to play them in a postseason series. No. I mean, Dodgers A's will be interesting. I don't know how much can be gleaned from it since like the Dodgers don't have a ton to play for. The A's don't really have a ton to play for. You know, at this point, everyone just kind of wants to avoid getting hurt. But you know, Walker Bueller is going to start on Thursday, and that's going to be his last outing. Before the postseason, so <laughs> and that's his a, first <laughs> in a while. So yeah, yeah I mean that's going to be a, that's a pretty significant uh, milestone, I'd say. It is. He, they, the Dodgers say you know he's been throwing deep in the, working deep mm. into games with the blister somewhat uncovered. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, we're literally just going on the teams were there have no verification of how much he's throwing. Um, yeah. and so that's like the new equivalent of like you know dating a girl from Canada you met at summer camp, like how you're playing on the alternate site. Yeah, your your new yeah. um your new date goes to college the. Gym college in the town yeah she goes yeah. To- <laughs> she's in college yeah strong very strong yeah uh yeah i mean we'll see i mean like bueller's status is probably the main question mark for this team heading into october yeah i think that's fair there are smaller questions like who is going to pitch specific games but that stuff is is less right. of a concern because the, all the possible outcomes are okay you know or right. all of right. the possibility and in his case it's yeah it's concerning it's it's deeply concerning i would say secondary to that it's like who's going to work even in games as a starter for the daughters you know and if you're going a seven game series without an off day you would you would like to have some seven inning starts mixed in there yeah and again well, the no the dodgers are going to finish the season without having a, a pitcher work into the eight if there's a pitcher on the dodgers who is famous for having eventful seventh innings it is clayton kershaw so we'll see he's their best pitcher he looks really good this year he looks as close to the pre-injuries in 2016 as I've seen over the last few years. Maybe they start riding the big guy again. I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, who knows? Like, who knows, Andy? Who can you know, say? We're all we're all regressing, you know, as as people. Maybe the Dodgers are regressing back to 2015. We'll see. Well, we will be back on Thursday. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Please uh, rate and review us, and we'll talk to you in a couple days.